the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Derek Greer. I want to tell you about something new that I'm really excited about. It's Live Big Magazine, a free quarterly magazine featuring premium articles from myself and other expert contributors to help you live big in key areas of your life, such as faith, business, mental health, parenting, and a whole lot more. The good news is that it's absolutely free with no strings attached. I'll even pay for shipping. All you have to do is go to DerekGreer.com slash magazine. That's DerekGreer.com slash magazine to claim your free subscription today. You were made to think big, do big, big. tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness Live a life bigger than yourself Welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia Visit gracechurchva.org for this message And to find out more about how you can grow in Christ We serve a big God And we believe that His Word calls for us to live big So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching. If you stick with me these next 12 months, you are going to step into not only the disciples' benefits, but a disciples' reward. You're going to be more confident than you've ever been, more courageous, more consistent, and certainly more powerful. But it's going to take us a year to do it. And, and, uh, Stick with me, and then if you're traveling, and I know some people have to travel, but make sure you're not here only because you're traveling, okay? But when you travel, you can live stream, and, and you can pick up with everyone else, and we can make sure we all end this year, you're really, really strong. Open your Bibles to John chapter 8 and verse uh, 31, and I'm going to begin to lay a foundation. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is new ground, so it has to be plowed up a little bit, and it may take a moment for some things to click, and what's really going to happen is probably three months into this thing, uh, you thought you heard it today, but the light bulb's really going to go off just a little bit uh, further down the road. But in verse 31, then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, What's great about the scripture is we don't have to spend a whole lot of time establishing the context of this statement because John makes it very, very clear from the outset. So here's the question. Who was Jesus speaking to? Okay, believers. All right, that was a trick question. He said to those who what? Okay. If. Now, The New Testament is called a will or a testament. Some people even call it the New Covenant. And and the reason it's called that is, first we get that from Jesus, but, but the insight that's to be gained from that label is that 
The New Testament was designed to be read like a contract. So if you were reading the words of this statement, your attorney would tell you that, and by the way, I have a lot of experience with attorneys this year. <laughs> he say, if is a conjunction used to introduce a conditional clause, meaning a certain condition must be met before something else becomes obligatory. So, so pay attention because as the old saying says, the large print giveth, but the small print taketh away. <laughs> so pay attention. He said, if, I mean, everybody's not going to do this. He's talking to believers. If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. Now, he was speaking to believers, and he said that the prerequisite to receiving both the benefit and the rewards of a disciple is found in a simple Greek word. It's, 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 it's meno, which is translated abide in the New King James Version. Now, it should show on your screen, hopefully. There it is. Um, all abide means is to accept and to act in accordance with. So a disciple is not just a hearer. Pay attention. He or she is a doer. Pay attention. Jesus said to those who believed in him, if you abide, accept, act in accordance with, or to put in common language today, or live out my word, you are then my disciples. This is important. It's really important. This means that all believers are not necessarily disciples. All believers are not automatically disciples. Now, all disciples are necessarily believers, but not all believers are necessarily disciples. Then he ends this statement with a word you could very easily just go, go, go past, but it's important. He says, you are my disciples. He says, then he has this word, indeed. Indeed means unmistakably, undeniably, and with certainty. Jesus was saying, we may not always know who is a believer, because people fool me all the time. So you're like me. But you will always be able to tell who is a disciple. The bad news for the disciple is you're not always going to fit in with other believers. The good news for the disciple is great people never do. Stay with me. John 8 and 31. I, I want to read it in the NIV because each translation brings out a different emphasis or a different uh, facet of the term mino. So the NIV says to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, then that comma means then you could put then in the place of that comma. You are my disciples. 
So we, we know from the scripture we're reading that obviously these believers listen to Jesus. But the major difference between a believer and a disciple is not that he hears, but he does. But when we look at the NIV, it's not just that he believes, but he holds on. You see, a real disciple doesn't give up just because it gets hard. And what I've discovered in my little short life, nothing worth having ever comes easy. Let's go to the King James, which is my favorite, actually, uh, translation of, of, of this verse. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed in him, not, not the unbelievers. He's speaking to believers. And then he said, if, meaning every believer has this option. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're going to check this box. He said, if you Continue. Jesus didn't say if if you're smart, talented, or good looking, you could be my disciple. He said, if you continue, people ask me, they said, how did you stay in love with the same woman for 24 years? How did you stay faithful to the same two decades almost and a half? How did you do it? It's real simple. We keep at it. People ask me, how did you raise two testosterone-filled boys to grow up and still love the Lord? There's no, no, no special secret. We keep at it. People ask, how did your little church... Start off, it looked like a little storefront over there. And before that, you were in the high school and you moved to this little tiny town of 5,000 people. How did this little church grow into a church that has an audience of over 300,000 people in the U.S. every Sunday? Tell me how you, you, you did it. It was simple. God told us and we kept at it. I, if people want something deep, well, I prayed one day and an angel came down or, or, you know, the Holy Ghost hit me when someone laid hands on me and, and I was dipping. No. People ask me, Bishop, what you going to do if this building keeps delaying? And by the way, they're doing some things over there this week. Yeah. The answer's simple. We're going to keep at it. So, so, Bishop, I hear everything you're saying, but, but, but what if your wife leaves you? What, what if your, your kids walk away from God? What'd you say, honey? Okay. I, got, I had to check. <laughs> and what if your church turns its back on you? I'm a one-trick pony. I only know one thing. I'll keep at it. And a disciple only thing special about a disciple is he or she continues a disciple perseveres a disciple doesn't quit it he or she stays with it jesus said not if you hear a sermon or two not if you show up as it was an ame christian what, what, what is that cme yeah that, that's christmas 
Mother's Day and Easter. Everyone keep looking forward. No one knows it's you, okay? He said, if you continue in my word, if you keep at it, then, only then, are you my disciples. So why is discipleship important? Really glad you asked. Because the next clause lays it out. John 8 and 32. We're still in the King James. And you, he's not talking to the believer. He's talking to the people that hang in there and that continue. And you, the person who is a disciple, shall know the truth. See, a lot of people are going to be tricked out there because they're believers. But if you become a disciple, no matter how many crazy things you hear or, or people show up looking like the Lord on television or what have you, you're going to know better. And people say, why weren't you fooled? Why weren't you tricked? Because, well, the problem is, there's a difference between you and I. You believe, I obey. And you shall know the truth. And watch this. And the truth you know shall make you what? Free. Now, there's no condemnation here. But I want you to think. I want you to stay with me. How many of you in this room have some areas in your life that you're not free? Okay? And we all have some areas. But here's the problem. We say to ourselves, well, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. This shouldn't be. You see, the large print giveth and the small print taketh away. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. But the fact you are a believer is your problem. The fact you're only a believer is the reason you're not free. God only promised disciples freedom and not believers. Oh, see, y'all didn't get that. Now, y'all, some of y'all feeling a little salty there because I could feel you. Because you've been saying, Lord, I'm a Christian, and, and if, if it being saved really meant anything, I wouldn't have this problem. No, 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 no. You're a Christian. That's your problem because that's all you are. Oh, look at me in that tone of voice. You see, believers come, but disciples continue. Disciples don't quit. They hold on. They keep doing this thing until it works. What I want to do this morning, the, the remainder of it, and I'm going to try to do it quickly. The clock is moving. Actually, there's no 1230. I can kind of take my time. So. Okay, I'm not going to be super long, but I'm going, to, I'm going to get it done. I want to spend the rest of the morning talking about just two men, just, just two individuals. And we're going to look at them through the lens of Jesus's words in these two verses that we, we, we just read. And what we're going to discover is that both men basically committed the same sin, but they received very, very different results. Luke 22 and verse 47. Overflow, you with me? All right. Luke 22 and 47. And while Jesus was speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to kiss Jesus. Now, this is the most famous kiss in history, but it was nothing more than fool's gold. It was a Trojan's horse, poison apple, hollow bunny, 
a fur coat, no pants. It, it, was, it was beautiful on the outside, but rotten to the core on the inside. How many of y'all had some kisses like that? See, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> 48. But Jesus said to him, Judas, dude, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? I remember wrestling with the Lord about some issues some, some, some years ago and, um, I was basically telling the Lord no, but I want to do it in a Christian way. And I said, Lord, I love you, but as soon as I got to but, the Lord spoke to me and said, betrayest thou me with a kiss? You see, wearing a cross on your neck does not make you a disciple. Carrying one does. Stay with me. Stay with me. Matthew 27 and 1. When morning came, all the chief priests, the elders, and the people plotted against Jesus and and ready to put him to death. When they had bound him and they they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he was condemned, he knew that he was just about to, to be killed. Watch this. He was remorseful. So obviously, Judas believed some good things about Jesus, or he wouldn't have been sad. The issue was, on some level, Judas seemed to be a believer. But when it got hard, he didn't continue. And he brought back 30 pieces of silver that they had given him, and he gave it to the chief priests and the elders. Now, this is important. The people you run to, when you screw up, when you make a mistake, makes all the difference in the world. You see, Judas, when he messed up, he didn't run to Jesus. He didn't even run to the disciples. He ran to Christ's enemies, the priests. Watch how that works out. So he's talking to the chief priests. He's not trying to. You know, Jesus was in, in, in the, 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 going to, to Pilate's house, but he could have followed and said, hey, I'm sorry, Dad, I did it just like you said I would. By the way, uh, with Peter, Jesus prophesied he'd do something wrong, and he, and he did too. It wasn't the fact that God told him, but let's stay in the book right now, okay? He said, I have sinned, this is Judas speaking, he's a believer, by betraying innocent blood. You see, the fact I want you to to look at this. Pay attention. The fact that he called Jesus innocent means that he obviously believes some pretty great things about Jesus. But again, he didn't believe enough to continue. And then they said, you know, he's all remorseful. He's probably crying. His face is all red and everything. And and then he's coming to them. He couldn't even be, I don't know, falling at their feet. He said, I, I've sinned. I've messed up. I betrayed innocent blood. I, I've done what was wrong. God told me I'd do it, and I still did it. And, and dear God, what do I do? And watch what his church said to him. What is that to us? A little bit of kindness probably could have saved Judas. But you see, he went back to his old church instead of continuing with the disciples. 
And you might think there's no issue you going back, but it might cost you everything going back to the place God told you to leave. Pay attention to me. He said, this is the pastor of the church. He said, you see, in other words, that's your problem. I'm not my brother's keeper. A more unfeeling and corrupt answer could not possibly be given a man. But if you start hanging out with wolves, you better be ready to learn how. I'm in the book. I said, Bishop, I ain't coming for all that, but that's what you ought to be coming for. You're about to learn some things. You're about to learn some things. And we're going to be better and stronger for it. Five. And Judas threw down the piece of silver in the temple and departed. And watch this. He went and hanged himself. The reason Judas's life ended so, so badly here is instead of continuing to, to, to walk with Jesus through a mistake, he walked away. It's not that disciples are better. They just don't quit. Stay with me, John 18 and 15. Overflow, you with me still? All right. Let's take a look at Peter. Same sin, different results. And Simon Peter followed Jesus. And so did another disciple, speaking of John. Now that disciple, John, you know, John obviously was a man of means if he knew the high priest. Everybody that followed Jesus is not poor. And he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. And I'm just going to read this in in the interest of time. But Peter stood at the door. Then the other disciple who was uh, known to the high priest, that's John, went out and spoke to her who kept the door, who brought in Peter. So uh, Peter, you know, had his buddy get him in. He hooked him up, if you will. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, looked at Peter and said, you're not also one of this man's disciples, are you? And Peter looked her in the eye and said, I am not. Now, Judas just betrayed Jesus. I mean, it looked a little bit different. Judas did it over some money, but Peter did it over protecting his own hide. I don't really see the difference. Matter of fact, if we keep reading, we're not going to keep reading. Peter denies Jesus two more times in the same chapter. Now, Judas only betrayed Jesus once, but Peter betrayed Jesus three times in one day. But watch the difference. John 21 and verse 7. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, John again, said to Peter, this is important, it is the Lord. One of the major differences between Peter and Judas is Peter kept hanging out with the right people. Who you run to when you mess up and make a mistake matters. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was, see, he wasn't in position to really discern the Lord and see spiritual things. He just screwed up. But he had sense enough to stay around people who who did have their right mind, people who did have some discernment. You hear what I'm saying? Church matters more than you ever realized. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment. Now, who puts on clothes to jump in water? He's, you know, he's little, he wasn't quite right there. 
and he plunged into the sea. You see, when Judas sinned, this is my simple point. He ran to the priests and the Pharisees. But after Peter sinned, he swam to Jesus. You see, the real issue was Judas did not believe in Jesus' mercy. And if you have a Jesus that's not merciful, you don't have the real Jesus. Judas didn't believe that God could handle such an egregious sin. Matter of fact, when you look at it, the real issue was Judas had all the faith he had. All of it, most of it is really in himself. Lord, as long as I do right, as long as I keep up my part, everything's going to be good. But when it came to a point where he couldn't believe in himself because he just sinned flat out, couldn't deny it. He had 30 pieces of silver. Everybody, you know, in the priesthood knew it. When he couldn't deny his own goodness, he fell apart. But part of being a true disciple is recognizing, you know what, in myself, I'm going to fall short, but I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. And there are many believers living their lives in their own strength. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We pray that you were inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listing or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. We want to tell you about something new that we're really, really excited about. It's Live Big Magazine. Live Big Magazine is a free quarterly magazine featuring premium articles from Derek Greer and other expert contributors. It's all designed to help you live bigger in key areas of your life such as faith, business, mental health, parenting, and a whole lot more. The good news is that it's absolutely free with no strings attached. We'll even pay for shipping. All you have to do is go to DerekGreer.com slash magazine. That's DerekGreer.com slash magazine to claim your free subscription today.